Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. We're in our second year of our podcast series, which is very exciting. And I'm your host, Tony Heil, the Director of Communication and Public Policy here at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter. As always, we have different kind of guests at each week from people who are organizing events to legislators to staff at the chapter, board members, and um, always the best are stories of people who are directly impacted by ALS, whether they're people who are living with ALS today or caregivers. And today, I'm going to be talking to uh, my friend Bob Grimes. And I know I just call everyone my friend because we just met earlier today for the real first time, even though we've seen each other before at events. Um, but Bob is husband to Despina Grimes, and they do a lot with the chapter. Uh, Desi's been living with ALS for 10 years, and Bob's going to share a bit of his story, what, what it's like being a caregiver, and what they do with the chapter. Uh, before we get involved uh, with this conversation, I encourage you to go to our website and find ways that you can learn about ALS and help donate or volunteer or advocate. Our website's alsphiladelphia.org. And Des and Bob go to the Hershey Walk to Defeat ALS pretty much every year. And you can learn about that at www.hersheywalktodefeatals.org, which is coming up this spring in June, early June. And uh, it's right outside our door here. It's very snowy. But I know that once the Hershey Walk comes around, it's going to be nice and sunny and warm, as it always is. And so that's something to look forward to. So, um, Bob, thank you for joining our podcast. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Thank you for interviewing me, and uh, I, Des and I go to the walk every year since the day she was, well, since we went to Hershey. Right, not the uh, day she was diagnosed. You didn't go to the, she was diagnosed the, and you walked to the We didn't go to the first ones because they were at Harrisburg, mm-hmm. and uh, we when the first year they were at Hershey, Des and I went to the Hershey walk. We've taken about uh, 10 to 20 people to the walk as guests to Des mm-hmm. and uh, supported Des's disease of ALS. Uh, Which people do you bring? Do you bring like friends from the neighborhood or family? Friends from the neighborhood and her longtime girlfriends that she worked with and stuff like that that come see her and come see us here now that we're up here at her. At her uh, it seems like people like Des, so they probably are happy to help out. They are. She's a, she's just one wonderful person. I tell you what, I'm a very fortunate man to have such a lovely lady to be my wife uh, with such a horrible disease. Uh, She's always upbeat about uh, the disease, uh, in spite of everything. She doesn't complain. I, like I said, I'm blessed. She, uh, you know, we have a lot of pictures of Des because, like you said, she's been diagnosed for ten years. Yes, and yes. she smiles more than most people in our pictures, which is great. Um, but you, so you, she's been diagnosed. She was diagnosed ten years ago, so nineteen ninety. I mean, two thousand six. That is correct. And five. She doesn't five. Two thousand five. Um, well, yeah, we're in January of 2016, yeah. 2016 here, so yeah. it's hard to believe it's 2016. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, where's our flying cars, right? <laughs> they, they aren't. Uh, <clears throat> unless we go fast enough down the highway, I yeah. guess. Uh, so, um, did you know anything about ALS before that? No, I did not. The day that Des, Des was diagnosed was on her birthday, and she told Dr. Simmons, thank you for the birthday gift. And Dr. Simmons gave me the original books that they used to give out, the little pamphlets. And since then, they don't give them out because what I read in the first two books was such a nightmare that I didn't go on to read the other four. Mm. And uh, knowing how horrible it was in the short period of time that they they gave in the books, 
one would never realize that it was going to be 10 years. And uh, thanks for all the support that the ALS has given us, um, and uh, the outlook that it has given us. So it's, it's really wonderful. So you had, um, you didn't know anything about ALS at the time. No, um, no. What, what do you think people need to hear when they first learn those letters? Because, you know, there's so much information online. You can get it from the clinic. You can get it from friends. Uh, and now with, there's a lot more attention to it in the media. I just hope that there's a breakthrough to cure this horrible disease. It's, it's not the best thing to live with. Well, that's putting it mildly, I guess, right? Yes. Uh, but but if you were coming to, um, and you, you've been through the process, and you know ALS more than a lot of others because you you guys have lived with it for ten years. Right. If you were a doctor, and then Doctor Simmons, like you said, has been really compassionate, very and uh, helpful. So you've probably learned a lot from him and from Sue Walsh and the others at the clinic. Uh, yes, we have. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to go to Hershey to the clinic because they've been such an inspiration to enlighten the trip that we're on. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, it's just wonderful. They're so helpful, and uh, I can't say anything bad about the matter. So, if you were going to tell me, I, if you had to come into the room and I was going to be diagnosed with ALS, what would be the things that you would tell me, like right from the bat, that I like, because it would be. Like you, I wouldn't want to hear about it. And if I knew nothing, what would be the first kind of thing you would tell someone? It's a rough road to go. Yeah. And to see your partner go from a vibrant individual to a person that can't communicate with you. The loss of words are very endearing. One would never realize how you miss a conversation. Yeah. That's. Would you say that because of that? Because Desi, she communicates with her machine, but yes, yeah, she does, and she's still capable of writing. Mm -hmm. So, do you think that communication is something that we should take advantage of and appreciate as much as we can? Well, we we take it. We uh, we just overlook that conversation, the lack of that conversation. Yeah, it's very endearing. Well, that's part of the reason we do this podcast. I think that people um, with ALS or other people they want to hear people in, instead of just kind of writing. Sometimes you know you want to have you you want to hear voices sometimes. Yes, it's very. I miss it very dearly. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so you have people that come here though. You, you're not. I mean, you're not by yourself when you're a desi anyway. But you have people that come, friends, and and uh, you also have the the staff at the clinic. Right. That have become friends to you. Right. How often do you see the people at the clinic? Every three months. Every three months? Yes. She gets uh, Botox shots uh, for her saliva. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're going on a three-month program just so that we can get that. Uh, but she doesn't uh, see the physical therapist or the occupation therapist, nor does she see the dietitian mm -hmm. Because her weight has been stable and her breathing has been stable. Uh so they don't need to see the those people because her medicine is, her formula is keeping her at the, the weight that they would like her to be. And so when they go to the clinic, they, they know not just that you can talk to a lot of people, but they know who to talk to. They're, they're like, well, you need to see these people. They're not wasting your time. That's correct. Nor theirs. Mm -hmm. And I guess well, that's, a, that's important because they need to know 
that they only have so much time to take care of. They have a lot of people they see. They see yes, like they around do. 200 people at the Hershey Clinic. Yes, they do. So they need to not waste their time in terms of making you see someone that you don't need to see. Right. They have to make it productive and be beneficial. And so what what are the productive things that you get um, from going to the clinic? What what they Obviously, they provide some dietary needs, like you said. Yes. Even though you don't yes. see the dietation as much, they, they um, provide you information, right? So what, what, what kind of things do you get when you go to the Hershey Clinic that are helpful? Well... We get to see the doctors. They check her prescriptions, and they're making sure that she's taking her prescriptions and uh, looking over her to see that she has the proper weight and the proper uh, breathing mm-hmm. so that they they know exactly how it's progressing and uh, also that to keep her formula at the right consistency that we're taking. So... Uh, and also, they've been helpful as far as the feeding tube. They're checking the feeding tube to see that uh, we don't have uh, a lot of rashes and things of this sort. Mm-hmm. Because Do they give you a lot of tips as a caregiver? Yes, I've been. They really have been helpful to me. How do they, what What do they do to help you be a good caregiver? Because that that's a job you weren't prepared for. No, I was not. And so what? Uh, and no one's prepared for that. I think it's no, there's not. So what? What does? And and who? Who's the one that tells you like, oh, this is what you should do, or gives you some tips? Well, the different people that we see at the clinic are the ones that help me on the problems that I have, or what I'm faced with, or mm-hmm. they giving me their numbers to call if in case I do need help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's they're very helpful to me in that sense of the word. Mm-hmm. I have somebody to go to to lighten my life and lighten my, my job mm-hmm. to go forward with a person that has ALS. Yeah, so they can't make ALS. They can't do enough to get rid of the disease, but they're able to uh, keep it keep, under check. Keep it under check and make it a little bit easier for you. So right. that provides a lot, makes it less stressful for you. Hopefully, yes, it does. Yes. And um, have you found yourself, not that it's gotten easier, but are some of the caregiving things easier to do now than it was 10 years ago or five years ago because you have those helpers along the way? Well, yes. And also I can see the oncoming matters and what I've got to do. And I've just got to work through these matters uh, on a daily basis. Um, You know, you get up in the morning and you, you go from there, mm-hmm. and uh, at the end of the day, you're very tired, and uh, you go to bed. And the person in between is getting as much care as you can give them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the help that I get from Hershey is a very, very helpful matter to make it easier for me to to take each day and, and to do each day's work. Well, that, that's good. So they, they kind of help you establish a routine, right? Right, right. And I think, you know, I have a two-year-old and a six-week-old. And by the time this podcast comes out, he's going to be a seven-week-old. So we're talking about a big advancement. Um, so I know for them, for that, that routine is very helpful. It's routine, routine's helpful for me as a parent. So that helps a lot, I'm sure, too, making sure that you know, you know, at 7 o'clock, we kind of do this. At lunch, this is kind of thing we do. But you don't want it to be the same thing every day, too. No. That's one thing. I We are very flexible. 
Uh, I let her sleep in some mornings longer than I would want her to do. Mm -hmm. But it's just that we... No, we, I'd love to sleep rock, in, Bob. <laughs> we, 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 we go with the flow. Uh -huh. And uh, each day could be different than the next uh, because of maybe she wants to see a program on television. Mm -hmm. And then I would be interfering if I would say that we got to get fed at mm -hmm. this particular time when... In feeding her, she has said she was never hungry. I can't believe it. And in, ten, in eight years' time, uh, the feeding tube, I can't believe that she never was hungry. Mm -hmm. And so we vary our feeding from anywhere between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock and from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon and the evenings are relatively 8 or 9 o'clock. So... Uh, we go with the flow. Yeah, and it's like, I guess that, that it's easier to go with the flow when you do have a routine because then you kind of know what to expect if things go a little bit haywire, you know how to right. get back into... Right. Like if you're an athlete and you have a problem, you know how to get back into your rhythm. Right. I can follow that, but everything works. It's working out great. That's good. Yeah. Of course, part of the reason it's able to work out easier for being a caregiver is that you're not alone in this. You have the Howard I. Abrams in-home care program. And that has been a very, very, very big help to me. Yeah. It's made my last six weeks mm -hmm. very, very, it's a different, it's a different ball game. Yeah. Yes. Before you had it, did you have any idea what that kind of program would do for you? No, I did not. They offered this to me many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And I just never felt that I would need it. But I guess I left myself run run my, I left myself run down and I was finding myself very irritable. And she does not deserve mm -hmm. to be irritable. She's such a lovely, wonderful lady. Mm -hmm. And um, then I realized that I did need help. Well do you think that's one of the hardest parts of being a caregiver, I think? is accepting the responsibility that and being overburdened. Yeah. I think that all of us think that we can do everything. I, I thought so, too. And I think that's common. I think I feel that way a lot of the time. And As you know, a parent? As a that's parent. The way, that's the way you feel. As a parent, you feel that responsible for everything that goes down. Mm -hmm. And you try to do what you can because this is what he wants you to do. Yeah. I, I uh, my Joan from our office is sitting over there. Though you can't see that because we're on a podcast, right, but right. she she saw something I wrote recently on Facebook about how um my my son was vomiting, my two year old, and I felt really bad for him. I had to take care of him. And my other the six week old, he's crying and I had to take care of two kids at once. My wife is cleaning everything up and mm -hmm. I realize I appreciate people who don't have someone else to help, another parent or family member or whatever that can help out in those situations. And also realizing I, I don't want to ever want to not have help. You know, I want to be able to, I don't want to take it all on myself. And well, I think that that's what I was doing and I left it get overwhelming. Yeah. And then I recognized, but I must say that Hershey has always asked mm -hmm. if I needed help. There's one thing they've always insisted that please look into it, please look into it. And so I took them up on their word. Yeah, and I called Wendy, and we went from there. Yeah, I mean Sue and Wendy and all of them. They, they, they seem to ask a lot. They want you to be as comfortable and happy as possible, right? Yes, yes that's exactly right. 
and and, and, I, and I thought I, I could do it all. Yeah, I think that that's normal, and I I think I've met a lot of people with ALS, and like I said, beyond that, you know, we we talk about ALS a lot, but I think everyone has that inclination to take on the world. Right. Right. I don't think anyone's taken on the whole world themselves yet and won. No, not really. There's one that's sitting on the side of us. <laughs> My wife, she wants the world to be okay and, and better, and uh, she does not worry about herself. Uh, she's worried more about the, the rest of the world than mm -hmm. she is herself. Yeah. And um, so she was no help to me. Mm -hmm. She can't be of any help to me. And so I did. I needed help, and I needed people to help me make my life easier. Well, so it's been a few weeks with the Howard Abrams program. Um, and how has that affected? It's obviously made your life less stressful. Yes. It has, has it improved Desi's life too? She gets along with the, the aid that comes mm -hmm. and she and the aid get along very well. And it's, she's very pleasant and happy. And uh, the aid is very, well, she's just like one of our children. Yeah, Kathy, who we met today, right, right. she seems wonderful. Um, and so when we're, when you go through the ALS Association, did you find that Wendy and the clinic people as well, they worked to make sure that you were partnered with someone that was going to, well, like I said, be a partner, not just right. someone who's going to come in and do a job. Wendy told me that if I was not pleased with the aids that they sent, that I have the right to pick and mm -hmm. tell them that I don't need that one or don't want that one. And so it just worked out. We yeah. were just blessed that it, came, it worked out that way. So, but I guess that, that helps that I think that Wendy really tries to build relationships with AIDS and people. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. As, and is there like a checkup, like you let them know, oh, here's what's going well and here's... Uh, no, the, the agency that we have, they check up, uh, they check on us, call on us to see how we mm -hmm. like who we have and... They also send out to the nurse uh, to take Des's blood pressure and things of this sort. So yes, it's it's working out very well. So that's that's all about ALS in terms of what you've done um, right now. But um, you care for Desi not because you've lived with ALS for ten years, but you've known her for a while, and you were telling the story a bit. So yes, I did. So you met her a, a few years ago, right? Yeah, one or two. <laughs> it was what, like 1985. Uh, yes, about that year. That was no 84. She's going to correct it. Three, three. 1983. Oh yeah, she she's one thing about that. She's very letter perfect on everything that goes on. And it was 93, 83, 83. Right. And she's reaching for the pen and paper. And so look out. She wants my pen, and she's going to tell us exactly the date and time because she is so perfect in everything that she does that way. She'll tell you the date, the time, what perfume she was wearing, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. her shoe size at the oh, time. Oh, she's, she's telling us when we became friends and stuff like that is 1975. Mm -hmm. And then we moved into the house in 83. So you knew each other for a while because oh, yes. you worked together. Yes, yes. And uh, it was... And where a, did you work? We worked at the Western Electric mm -hmm. and the Reading uh, plant. So you were keeping everyone powered in Reading. Well, yeah, well, she did. She was. She Someone was had to. Like, she was always well liked. Mm -hmm. She got along with everybody. In fact, I used to say she was PR public relations, mm -hmm. and so. Um, but the, she just used to be on all the social functions and all that sort of stuff, and she was very active. 
Now, from what you were telling me earlier, once you guys really formed a relationship in right. the mid-80s, right. um, all the guys wanted to be with Desi, so you had to fight them, right? I think so, yes. Wow. It was hard. It's hard to keep them <laughs> off her, right? <laughs> yes. She's, yeah, she's, she's well she's well liked. Mm-hmm. She is well liked by the people that's ever been around her. She's still well liked now. Well, yeah. Some days, some days. <laughs> well, well, yeah, some days. She must put on a really good face when she goes to the clinic because the right. Hershey people really like Desi. Yeah, they, yeah, they, she does. She she smooths them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she takes some goodies every time we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, either Greek pastry or Greek food. Uh, it has cut down on the Greek food because we're not near the restaurant that we used to mm-hmm. pick up the Greek food. Mm-hmm. So now she just goes down to Landisville and picks up the. Greek pastry. Yeah. Actually, she doesn't. I do, but she... She makes sure you get the right one? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. If you go in and get the wrong one, if she let you know? Well, she orders. I oh, mean, okay. we, she tells me what I should order, and uh-huh. then I order it. Yes. So then it's not wrong. Oh, that's good, yes. Right. I, I, I understand that. I had, Probably not to the same extent, but yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure she makes sure, if, you know, if she likes Greek food, she knows that she's going to the right place. She's not going to tolerate second rate. Right. It's definitely always was that way, yes. Uh-huh. And it all started because of two people. She baked some Greek pastry, and we took it to the clinic. And then the following session we went, three months later, we went to the clinic. And the one nurse asked, where's the Greek pastry? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were, they upped our appointment two, two weeks. And then two weeks later, the Greek bazaar in Reading was, and I said, this is your opportunity to pick up Greek pastry, and we will take it to Hershey. Mm -hmm. And when we took it, Sue Wells says, you were here just two weeks ago. What are you doing back here? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, we came to see, her name is, I can't use her name. Uh, I uh, said, I came to see so-and-so. And uh, she said, well, they're in with another patient. And when they came to see Des sitting in the chair, um, they just put their heads down and didn't realize that she would do something like that. Oh, that's nice. No wonder everyone likes you. If I, her, her. Well, they like both. Well, you bring her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, right. It's my experience working with our great patient services staff that if you bring them food, they'll like you a lot. Uh, yes, they seem to like her. And that's been going on for at least the last six years. Oh, well, that's... yeah. That's a small price to pay. I think we'd have cheaper healthcare costs in this country if more people brought food to the doctor's offices. <laughs> well, Des knows how to do that. Wherever she goes, she kind of wines and dines them. Oh, so she, did she wine and dine you or did you have to wine and dine her back in the 80s? I think I, I, think I did the wining and dining then. You, she, you but, must uh, have had to do a pretty good job because I if she has these did. high tastes in food, you must have had to work yeah. hard at that. Yeah, I got accused of her of putting on weight that uh, she said I, I was at fault of doing it, but oh. I don't remember those days. So, you, well, I mean, I, I'm sure you're not going to tell her she's wrong, right? I would never try to make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't make mistakes with women, do you? Uh, I think we all do. It's just a matter of if we, if we try not to. That's correct. Uh, so you guys, and you, you both had children before then, right? Yes, we do. And uh, so you have um, you have two children. I have a boy and a girl, and Des has a boy, mm-hmm. and um, and they're a bit grown up now, right? Yes, they are. Uh, they're in their fifties, and mm-hmm. one will be close to sixty. Wow! My son will be next year, right? 
You should be the one that knows this, Bob. (laughs) Uh, uh, Men men don't usually always know their their birthdays. You will find out that within your uh, framework of uh, taking care of uh, your your work and your social life at home, uh, dates don't always sometimes mean as important as they did. Well, and now you can put them on these machines, and they will just pop up. Right I, I, like I remember, so the, but the, to to bring it out of the the memory, sometimes it doesn't always come out of the memory. Yeah, well, hopefully Facebook doesn't go away in the next fifty years, okay. just so because I'll remember people from the fa- from the calendar popping up. That's correct. That's exactly what. You um, no, my wife's birthday is New Year's Day, so that's easy to remember. Yeah, and then when we got married, I I made it easy on us. I made it on an even day and on an even year, mm-hmm. and so. It was. Were you just waiting in turn? Like you said, we want to get married, but I want to make it on a day when I'll remember easily. Well, not the day so much as the year. Uh huh. And so. um, You got married in the 90s? uh, Exactly 90. So every decade you have something that happens. That's correct. And we married April 20th, 1990. And I can remember that date because it was an even year, and last year it was 25. And I made a mistake last year. I said to somebody that we were married 25 years. This was in uh, February, and she kind of corrected me and says it was April. And so we weren't married 25 years until April 20th. Well, that's to let anyone know that you can have ALS and still remember everything that's ever happened. Uh, one thing with ALS, it doesn't seem to affect the mind, at least not my wife's mind. Well, she seems pretty smart. We, we were just recording some videos here, and she was the pro at it all. Uh, she's very good at it. She knows how to put it in the machine, and it'll come right out. Mm-hmm. But again, she's very good at articulating to people because at Christmas time, she sent, now that, I think it was 53 or 55 cards, mm-hmm. and she sent and she writes to everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, she's very thorough in the, her writing to people. Now, she enjoys it. She writes, and she uses a computer to talk, a typewriter that speaks for her. That's right. Um, and I, I think you got that through our Scott Mackler yes. um, assistive technology program a few right. years ago, right? Right, about 10 years ago. About 10 years ago. So yeah. so you go to the clinic, and, and Sue and Zach and, and everyone, they tell you about the services from the chapter, including the assistive technology. That's right. And so they realize pretty quickly, this is something that you should learn to use. Yes, yes. They've been very helpful to t- people to communicate, to travel, uh, get about. Uh, it's just wonderful, and they see in the future of what a person needs mm-hmm. to aid them to take care of their afflictions as it comes about. So they recognize early on that communication is so such a vital thing that okay. here's something that's going to help definitely. you. Definitely. And so when you got it, did they, they helped train you. I know Elisa Brownlee, who yes. you can listen to in multiple podcasts. Right. Um, she explains how the programs work and what you can do. Right, right. And, <clears throat> and right now at Hershey Medical Center and through Penn State, they're doing a lot more uh, studies on different kind of communication. Yes, they are. Uh, including with brain-computer interface. Have you heard right. about that at all? Yes, I have. And uh, Des uh, went to one of the sessions and she didn't follow up because she just didn't. Well, it's going to mess with her hair. Well, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the things. And then I, I, I don't think that she, she really bought into it. I can't say. Uh, one thing I must say that when Dr. Simmons told her on her birthday that he she had ALS, uh, he also said that we have a clinic here. It's strictly voluntary. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that. 
it's every three months. I mean, uh, the clinic is every three months. When you leave, you can set up a date to come back to the clinic. And she looked at me and said, I said, whatever you wish to do, I would mm -hmm. be more than happy to take you. And uh, and he didn't also, later in the clinic, he didn't want her to drive. And wherever she wanted to go, i taken her. And another thing, too, that uh, whatever she wishes to do, I will, I'm behind her to make her life as best possible to go forward. And, and sometimes that best possible sometimes isn't always good for me, but this is the way life is. Well, having so having the assistive technology allows her to communicate what she needs, which is important. It's more it's important for her physical and emotional needs too, and to be, and to be amongst people. Yeah, and then also the uh, now the Abrams program will also enable you to do those things that she wants, and able to run now and feel free when I'm doing something that I don't. I'm not, I'm not all stressed out mm -hmm. because I have somebody here looking after her and gives me the peace of mind that she is being taken care of. Right. So you can both have freer lives than you right. would have beforehand for those two programs. Right. Uh, and also because of the clinic. So we have multiple programs, but they yes, all they yes, start at the clinic and then grow from there. Right. Um, but then you go back to the clinic at least once a year because you go for the uh, walk to defeat ALS. Yeah, well, yes. We would miss that. Uh, I'm hoping that I don't miss it this year, but uh, we, we look forward to going. It's really a pleasurable day and enjoyable day. And you're, you, you've you been part of the Hershey team, right? Yes, we have. We've always donated the money to Hershey. And I think that Sue really wants her team to be the best. She's really oh, competitive yes. with it. She finally won this year, and so it's so glad that I was able to. <laughs> when I say I, excuse me, that's the bad choice of words, that she was able to put together a winning team. Mm-hmm. What's it like to you knowing that Sue and Maureen and everyone at the clinic, that they take part in the walk and that they're so um, active in fundraising and getting a team together? Like, is it, I think it's good to know that they're so it's committed an, to the cause. It's an inspiration. Mm -hmm. It's an inspiration to the people who go to the clinic to see what they're doing, that they're just not there at the clinic. They're mm -hmm. beyond the clinic. They're beyond the clinic. That's a good point, way of saying it. Yeah, because... How else can you, you know? How else can you do it or say it? that they're there, and they're beyond the clinic, and it makes it feel good that uh, they're done. And then Dr. Simmons is there, and Dr. Rajab is there. I mean, so to see these people, uh, it's inspiring. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen other researchers there too, and they come and they really, obviously, value it. Um, and do you like? You've, you've probably met and befriended a lot of ALS families along the way, too. Yes, the I have. Yes, I have. And the, the hardest thing, too, is befriending these people in going to the the clinic and going to the support group meetings, and then you go, and then you, they pass away, and, you know, we're still here, and it, it makes you feel, why, why us? Yeah. And so do you, when you go to the support group meetings and you see people at the walk, are you able to provide some friendship and comfort oh, yes. to them and oh, yes, share some caregiving tips along the way? I don't know about that. I think everybody You learn from each other, though, right? I think you learn. You, you definitely do pick up and do learn from one another. And you share some of the things that work for you and don't work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. They ask you and you say what you do. And so... Um, I'm sure a lot of people come to you because... You've lived with ALS longer than a lot of other people at the clinic. Yeah, they do. 
they come to Des, that's for sure. And then what I'm able to help, I, I will help with whatever I can do. Yeah. Does it feel good to you knowing that now you're able to help others that oh, have yeah. gone through the same thing? Yes. I feel very good if I could help somebody. I wish, you know, that their life would be as beautiful as our life has been. Well, <clears> I, I really like your perspective on it, and I think that you know, you're finding a lot of ways to help others. Um, one way you've done it is through the Spina Grimes Name Fund. Yes, I did. Which you did last year, right? Yes. And so what what made you decide to do a named fund, and how'd that come together? <clears throat> That's a long story. I don't know if I should say it. Her sister passed away, and Des was the beneficiary, and I had the power of attorney and was named the executor and the executor fees were really coming from her sister's estate mm -hmm. and I passed them on to the ALS because I didn't want the money mm -hmm. and so that's where it went. Well, so her sister theoretically gave the money to the ALS. Well, but no matter where the money came from, you wanted to support the ALS company. Oh, you could have supported a lot of things. You could have done whatever you wanted to. Yes, I did. And that, that was in my mind long, long time ago, way before this came about. Mm -hmm. I, had, I had other schemes that would have fell into place in 2016, but... Um, I know. I tried to win the Powerball, too, Bob, but no, no, no. <laughs> I only got one no, number. No, no that, wasn't, that wasn't what it was about. No, this was something else I had in my mind. I had something else working, too. Do what I did last year. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we I was a year early. We, every I think everyone in our office pledged if we won the Powerball, no, we give at least a, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, well, uh, needless to say, I did. I, I did go out. In fact, Kathy told me where to get the tickets mm -hmm. because I, I I hate playing. Uh, I didn't know where to get the tickets, and I went and got ten tickets. And Des stayed up that night. Well, she's up every night, mm -hmm. and uh, she circled the numbers copied them down and then I circled them and she had three on a uh, two on one line and one on the other line and uh, we played 10 tickets so that's 60 numbers mm -hmm. and 60 numbers she had three out of 60 <laughs> yeah. but not not in the same line yeah and nor did we have a par ball so we didn't even win whatever that money was so it wasn't meant to be yeah well I didn't win either if I did I always tell people, I probably wouldn't be here today <laughs> I, well that's true but I always tell you if you're supposed to be wealthy you'd be wealthy by the time that, at least our age, if it was meant to be. So it wasn't meant to be. And with the odds being the way they are, um, it's a snowball in heck. Yeah, you're that's gonna, true. You're going to win. So, well, you but, know, don't ever tell me the odds. That's right. You're hoping, you, you're hoping you're the lucky one. But you guys are good at defying the odds right now. Desi's been living with ALS for 10 years, and you've been yeah, doing a lot of are. good work. Yeah, we are lucky. So why not defy the odds some more and win some lottery? <laughs> We took the chance. We took the chance. I play the lottery about as often as you do. So once I see it's $900 million, I think I'll maybe, get that. Maybe when it's up into the hundreds of millions of dollars, I'll take a chance. Uh, and it's just a, a pick in the poke. And, right. And so I didn't think I was going to win. So you do some other things, too. Um, you've come to our event at Longwood Gardens. You've yes, come I to did. annual luncheon. Yes, I did. And the holiday party. Yes, we, did, we didn't go for the last two years due to the fact of the trip of going down. Uh, three years ago when you had the snowstorm that chased, Sorry about us, that. Out. No, that chased us out of there yeah. very quickly yeah. and uh, we didn't even get to be the, the Philly fanatic and she and the Philly fanatic get on a they get along very well I seen the pictures yeah, yeah you guys yeah. Seem, seem friends it's, I mean, but everyone's friends with Desi when they see her yeah they do like people her. like smiling faces at different events I think so 
Um, now you mentioned the Philly fanatic, so it's nice. You know, I, I hope you guys like going to a chapter that's associated with the Phillies, and knowing that they are so supportive. We did not go down to the uh, the Philly Fest. Um, well, it's a long drive from here because we're in Central right. PA, so and, you can be forgiven. But we do donate to the, the magazine that they uh-huh, the ad book. The ad book, yeah. Yeah. So we do know. And um, <coughs> but you know we're the principal charity of the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, and that's wonderful. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, knowing that um, if people knew how it all came about, it would really be wonderful because Ellen Phillips is just wonderful. And every time in the last donations that we made, she seems to find the letter that's going out. She always writes to Des. Mm-hmm. And so knowing what we know about Ellen Phillips, it's just wonderful what they've established, the whole the whole thing. Well, Ellen, and, and like Sue, we were talking about knowing that the staff and the board are um, – that they don't take it for granted and they work hard right. at raising more money. Right. I'm sure that's motivating for you knowing that Ellen's been here for 30 plus years yeah. working on this, 34 years, really. And, um, we, got, and we got to know one of Ellen's friends. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, her name is Sandy Hansen. Sandy oh, yeah. Hans, Sandy Hansen, mm-hmm. the volunteer, and also she befriended us through uh, people that her. She asked if she somebody could call us and... Uh, it was Sandy, and Sandy befriended us, and now we moved away from Sandy, and we only get to see her maybe once or twice a year. Right. But uh, the friendship has been beautiful and wonderful, and uh, and we know through uh, Sandy how they went to New York City to take care of their husbands, mm-hmm. and that had to be such a, a grind to even think of driving to New York City and then to try to find a parking space and then trying to take somebody on a transportation chair or whatever to go to a clinic that was that far away. Right. It's not as convenient as going to Hershey and By rolling right or, or even going to Philadelphia right. and the other ones that they've established around, mm-hmm. which is the Lehigh's and the rest of them. It's wonderful that it has expanded mm-hmm. this far and this fast in what you're saying, the 30 years. Yeah. And you get to be a part of that, I think. And it's wonderful. It's just, it's a wonderful, I think I'll use Ellen Phillips's saying that I'll take and use it all the time. And she said, when we were at the Christmas party, she said, isn't this a wonderful thing of a horrible disease? Yeah. And uh, I will use it all the time because even going to Hershey, isn't this a wonderful place to go of the horrible diseases that they're taking care of? Yeah, well, you know, we really appreciate the hard work of all the people at Hershey Medical Center. Well, and yourself at Philadelphia, the, the clinic down there. I mean, the, the chapter is very important. What you do for the chapter to make it function. Well, I, I know for myself, it, it, it's a lot easier working in a place where you have people like yourself who appreciate and, and are kind back. You know, it's we wish that you didn't have to deal with it. We'd like to meet you for some other reason, but um, it's definitely motivating for us to come to work every day. So, um, well, I appreciate all the things that you do and have done. And are you look, are you looking forward to anything else in the next year, whether personally with Desi or with the chapter to do? Not, not as earth shattering as it was last year. And what I've done there, mm-hmm. um, setting up the memorial for her. Well, it was a pretty um, big thing, though. It was, but I don't have anything in the, the offings or in the forthcoming. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm sure that we'll be seeing you at a few events this year. Oh, you will. 
and, and I know you'll see it said Hershey. I know a lot of people are about to see your name um, and your and your story and their mailing for the Howard Abrams in home care program. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> you guys worked together with that. And there's a nice letter that's going to be in people's mailboxes in just a few days, so they'll be able to to see why this program is so important to you. Oh, it is important. Yeah. We we knew about it a long time, and I just never felt that I really needed help. Excuse me. It's just like everybody. We want to fight the battles ourselves, and I just thought that I could do it myself, but uh, I left myself go, and I I submitted to what is necessary to have people mm-hmm. here to help me. Well, I know that we'll be looking forward to seeing that letter in people's mailboxes soon. I've read it. It's really touched one of the best letters we've seen written about a program, uh, and we're happy to be able to provide those services. So. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Howard Abrams in-home care program and see Bob's letter, you could just go to alsphiladelphia.org slash Abrams and his letter's there and um, you can learn more about it and uh, and what it's providing in terms of hours of in-home care every week to people with ALS. And also, like I said, the Grimes family, they go to the uh, Hershey Walk to Defeat ALS and you can find one of our seven walks at www.gpcwalktodefeatals. They did a named fund. And if you want to learn more about named funds, you can email Donna at alsphiladelphia.org or Jeff at alsphiladelphia.org. Both of them can help you out with learning about those really nice tribute programs uh, for people. And in general, if you want to spread awareness, you, of course, I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher um, or lis- listen to them online on our Podbean and website. And follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, which I'm sure, Bob, you're always on Instagram. You never get off of it, right? I'm never on it. (laughs) (laughs) So you can follow us on all those things, all at ALS Philadelphia. Uh, Thanks, Bob, for inviting us into your home to talk today. It's wonderful. It's a pleasure.